Hallelujah. Jesus prayed for three hours. Think about it. Three hours concerning God's will. So you and I pray concerning God's will and relax. Know that God has your back. God has got everything covered. Amen. I hope it didn't start at the uh, middle, please. Amen. If you want to have peace and confidence in this life, spend time praying that the will of God comes to pass in your life. Amen. I mean, I get what I'm saying. Just say an amen. Praise God. Amen. What's the amen. name? The next will be found in uh, verse 11. Now, you see, so now give us this day our daily bread. So God wants us to pray about the priorities, the most important things. Now, the most important thing is to love God, is, to, is, 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 is concerning holy, magnifying God, worshiping God. Then after that, praying for his kingdom to come. That's more important than any of the things we are going to do or talk about. Then praying for his will to be done. Then our needs. His needs before our needs. Now, if I ask the Christian what they do, it might be different. Hallelujah. But his needs before our needs. So give us this day our daily bread. Amen. Jesus taught us to pray for our daily needs. That means we are to pray about our jobs, about our marriages, about our everyday concerns. Pray about it. This is the time to pray, God, what's happening? I need this job. Lord, I need a, a breakthrough. Lord, I need you to provide for me. It is not being selfish because we've already talked about God's needs. So now, Lord, give me. Lord, give me. Lord, give me. And then the angels in heaven and God, everyone will be like, oh, yes, this person, he deserves it. What happened to the, with the Roman soldier? He was asking, Lord, Lord, please, my servant is grievously sick and in pain. Please help him. And then the apostle said, Lord, he is worthy of you to go to his house, for he has built us a synagogue. So he has done what is the needful thing. He has talked about the kingdom of God. He's talked about the church. He's talked about souls being one. He's talked about your will for God's will for, 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 for himself. Now, he has the needs. Meet the needs. Let him meet them quickly. Give us this day our daily bread. It means my house. It means my car. It means my relationships. It means my marriage. It means my parents. It means my children. It means deliverance from evil. It means sound mind. Anything you and I need, this is the time to pray about it, not before. So perhaps many people, God has turned his ears or he's not interested because they didn't use this prayer formula. Because as soon as God sees you, God is... He's not excited because he, he, he's not going to hear praise and worship. God loves praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. God is high and lofty, high and lifted up. He's great. So 
What, what, what magnifies God, what makes God feel good is worship and praise. So when God sees someone who, as soon as he comes, Lord, give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. I can take all you can give me. But if God, God hears that uh, uh, Aaron or, or, or Joel is, 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 is calm, oh, yes, I'm excited. What, what is Aaron going to say about how good I am? He's the only one who should be boasting and lofty and looking for praise and adoration. No one else. Anytime, sometimes my, my daughter, I'll, be, I'll, I'll tell uh, uh, someone or maybe uh, the older one that, oh, you look beautiful. Then the little one say, thank me, thank you. So I always say that don't, 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 it's not necessary. You don't need to try to get attention or uh, praise. Leave it to God. He's the only one who should get that, no one else. Don't, don't, don't look for it for yourself. So when God sees, say, Joel, and God hears that Joel always praises him, when Joel is coming, our father, then he's excited because he knows he's going to be praised. He's going to be blessed. He's excited. Oh, our father, he's excited. And then he knows that Joel is going to pray about his kingdom and his will. And he's very happy about it because in heaven, Jesus Christ is not at God's right hand asking for houses. He's already provided the houses. He's already provided the cars. He's already provided the jobs. He has already provided, not going to, already. He's already blessed us. In heaven, at God's right hand, he's, pray, he's interceding concerning God's kingdom and God's will. That's what he's doing now, interceding for us. That is the priority in heaven now, not about the house which he has already given. Who are preaching? Which we need to lay hold of. Name it, claim it, and take it. We'll talk about that another time. Hallelujah. So the needs. Now I want then, then when Joel asks for his house or car or guitar or whatever, or that God promotes his YouTube channel or whatever, then God, God is excited and is quickly ready to do it. I don't know what I'm preaching to somebody. Yeah, that is it. So many of us should think about how we pray from now on. What do you think? God is giving us this prayer formula so that we can be blessed. Amen. Amen. Number five, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, before I continue here, go to Mark 11. 22 to 25. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, For whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and he shall have the powerful faith verse, one of the most powerful faith verses in the Bible. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have ought against another, so that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So when you stand praying, forgive. And when you stand praying, forgive. Pastor, I don't understand. The person uh, uh, raped and killed my 
sister or child or whatever and destroy them and I, I'll not forgive. I'll, I'll for, even in hell, I won't forgive them. No. Forgive. I'm not saying it. Jesus is saying it because it's, it's not, I, 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 yeah. It's not going to be easy to accept. It's not going to be easy. Not, I cannot tell anybody to, to do that. God is the one saying it. Therefore, I'm saying it. Only because it's, the, it's in the Bible and all of us have to follow such forgiveness. You don't understand. This person destroyed my life. Destroyed my life. How can I forgive them? Even in hell, in the fire, I will not forgive. I will still have unforgiveness. No. Someone said, don't, this, this person, do not let them come for my funeral. Otherwise, I'll turn around from the grave and I'll come out and I'll sack them and I'll go back. <laughs> it shows unforgiveness. It can't work. Unforgiveness. So you realize that Mark, Matthew 6, 12, Mark 11, 24, 25, talk about the fact that forgiveness when you are praying, forgive. Otherwise, your father will not forgive you. And therefore, if your father that's in heaven does not forgive you, your prayers will not be heard. We must try not to hold anything against anyone. Of course, if someone, if, if, if someone takes your, 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 your beloved or, or first time they take, second time they take, th second beloved, third time they take, or first time they sw swindle you, second time they swindle you, third time they swindle you, forgive them, don't hold anything against them, but watch your money. Watch your beloved with a person. Certain times you can forgive someone, but get the person out of your, your job. You, you can have a business and someone will steal from you. You're forgiving the persons that you don't take them to jail, but you fire them. You're forgiving them. So forgiveness, yeah, we have to also understand what the forgiveness is. Hallelujah. The main thing is that you don't hold anything against them. Now, there's no better book I know, and I'm sure it's around, uh, uh, that is around this world than Forgiveness Made Easy by Bishop Dacuard Mills. People might say, uh, but what is he talking about? Why is it because he's in the church and he's his, his spiritual father and his bishop? Read it and find out for that what I'm saying is the truth. Read it for yourself. Forgiveness made easy. It shows you how to forgive. And in, in forgiveness made easy indeed. Wisdom is justified by her children. Read it and find out how, it, how, how, how powerful that book is. There are different books on forgiveness. I've not read every book in the world, so I don't know. But what I do know is what I'm recommending. Forgiveness made easy because it's a very, it's, it's a lot of powerful things. And it will show you the signs of lingering unforgiveness. Oh, pastor, I have nothing against her. Many times when people have to say that in my mind, I'm saying you're lying to yourself. You have nothing against her. Why were you saying so quickly? Why didn't you process it? Why didn't you think about it? Why didn't you ponder upon it? Why were you so fast to say, no, I have nothing against? Meanwhile, not too long after I see you eyeing the person. What does it mean I have nothing against him? You realize that one of the, the things that God sees or that helps us to forgive is, Father God, forgive me for all my sins because I'm forgiving cousin Job. 
There was a lady who had breast cancer on the left breast and was given up to die at home. Was bed fast, laid in bed, ready to die. The pastors came, prayed, fasted, prayed, fasted all night, second night, third night, fasting and praying, church members, praying in tongues, power, nothing. No hope. So they called the man of God who was, had a, a ministry of healing, especially with cancer and other sicknesses. So they called him to come and pray. And this guy doesn't go and spend that, that, this all night thing. He doesn't do it because the all night was done at home. When he's coming like that, Jesus and apostles, he doesn't come and do all night in the room. So he prayed for a few minutes and nothing was happening. And he was disturbed. They actually, then he prayed for longer. And nothing was happening. So he went, he asked to be excused, went to a room and prayed, God, what's going on? There's power. There is faith. Why is she not being healed? Then God said, go and ask her about whether she has forgiven everyone. Go and ask her. There was a time someone was about to die and I was going to pray for healing. But the way the thing is, I'm not Jesus. So, I mean, the person is about to die. So I prayed God, I asked the person to forgive, even though the person was a Christian, I just did a sinner's prayer, just, is there anyone to forgive? Please forgive them now. And then we prayed, but the person died. Tried to raise them from the dead, but uh, that didn't work. But one day, about 20 people from, 23. I think Smith Ugosot was between nine and 21. So I was just say 23 before I died too at age 90, at the grace of God. So God said, find out whether she has unforgiveness from someone. Then he went back into the room and asked her, is there anyone you've not forgiven? She said, I have a cousin who swindled me. And because of that, I have it against the cousin. Meanwhile, remember that the pastors, they were praying maybe two, three nights, all night. Then this man of God comes there, prays for an hour or so, no results, goes, God asks him to ask her whether there's any unforgiveness. When she told the pastor about the cousin, the pastor said, forgive the cousin now, pray for forgiveness for unforgiveness. And then forgive the cousin. She forgave the cousin. Then he heard a voice saying, cast out the spirit with a word. So he said, in Jesus' name, I cast you out, spirit of infirmity. Get out, never to return in Jesus' name. The woman got up. Cancer gone, that was the end. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can keep people bound, depressed, suicidal. Unforgiveness can keep people in, in, in a cage. When the Bible talks about uh, uh, torment, uh, uh, the tormentors, in a cage, unforgiveness is a cage. It, when I say in a cage, it's a cage. Prayers will not be heard much. Some will be. I, I, I don't know, it's God who will know that, but some will be. But in general, prayers will not be heard, at least according to Mark 11. It says, when you start praying, forgive. Otherwise, your father will not forgive you. There'll be depression. There'll be lack of hope, which is depression. There'll be sadness. You, 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 you would, uh, it would affect your other relationships. The relationships you have with other people, it will affect them. You will now start yeah, people will start paying for the mistakes or the wrongs others did to you all because of unforgiveness. So Jesus said, pray. He said what? Pray for forgiveness. 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive. So you are telling God that God, forgive me because I forgive. And if you have not forgiven, he would not, he's not obliged or obligated to forgive you. So you and I must pray for forgiveness. What does the Bible say in 1 John 1 9? Even if you have unforgiveness, fight the unforgiveness, pray, and uh, read a book. Forgiveness is made easy. It tells you, I mean, the steps are too powerful. It's a whole book. It, it, it's a series, a four-week, five-week series. I can't, but it's very important. But one of the things is to pray for the person. Jesus said, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Bless them that curse you. So pray for them and bless them. Yes, in prayer. That's one of the ways. But God will still deal with them. God said, vengeance is mine. The fact that you are praying for them doesn't mean they are escaping. God said, leave vengeance to me. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I will repay it. Leave it for them. Leave it for God. Just bless them. And the more you bless them, the more God will do what he needs to do for them. Even David, his beloved, the what God did to David, people will not even imagine. I, don't, I can't even imagine. I won't be able to think of such wild, painful things to do for some, to someone. What, the God, what God did to David? Hey, time is going, 35. What God did to his, his beloved David, the one he loves, I mean, the, the one who he was so close to more than most people in the world, apart from Moses, or maybe even more than Moses, I don't know. What God did with David, the way he punished David. So when God says vengeance is mine, you bless them and leave it to God. But whilst you are in the process of forgiving, you still ask God to forgive you. And trust God, according to 1 John 1, 9, that God will forgive you. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because we need forgiveness. There are two types of sins. There's the sin of commission and the sin of omission. We must be aware of our sinful nature as we approach the throne of grace. Appropriate the blood of Jesus for yourself. Ask the Lord to see you only through the eyes of the blood. Only through. One of the first sins of commission is the sin of the mouth. Lying, flattery, backbiting, gossip. Those are, if I, God, the way God is, he hates the, the, sin, the sins of the mouth. He said, the one who loves life and wants to see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile, deceit, treachery. And unfortunately, there's a lot of treachery in churches too. I was doing, having evangelism in Minneapolis at a shelter. And I was talking to someone about Jesus and they said, no, this thing, I don't believe in church anymore because I was, I, 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 I was, I was swindled and, I, and there was a lot of treachery in the church. They betrayed me, including the pastors and the members. So because of that, I don't want to hear anything about church. So I told them that, yes, maybe that church or that whoever betrayed you, whatever, it doesn't mean that Jesus betrayed you. The church is still necessary. All those Christians who went and were killing people, uh, were, were, were gaining and all those in, in, in the olden times, went to Jerusalem, went to Africa, all those things, the crusades, all those things, bombing abortion clinics and, and keep killing people and hating on people because of their whatever they stand for. That's not Jesus. Jesus will never approve of those things. 
and he's never approved of it. But his way is not a hate. His, his way is love. God is love. God is not hate. What do you think? So backbiting and gossip. Another arena for, for, for sin is the mind. Many have committed murder in the mind, adultery, have st stolen in the mind. Our minds are often polluted with sin. We must come before the Lord and pray for mercy. <clears throat> As we ask the Lord for mercy, we must search our hearts to see whether we have forgiven the people around us. What do you think? Very, very important. Have we forgiven the people around us? The mind, the battlefield of the mind. The mind is one of the greatest battlefields. There's a sin unto death by Kenneth Hagin. That, that message, I, I, I can't say too much about it. Just find it and, and watch it or, or listen to it. The sin unto death. It talks about how Satan got into a pastor's wife's mind and moved to the heart, and that was the end. Destroyed her life, destroyed her soul. Everything was destroyed. On the mind. The battlefield of the mind. What we allow to stay in our minds. You can be defeated or or, or, or succeed in the mind. Many of the battles that have been won were won because they were able to cause the people to be afraid. Even Jericho, they were, their hearts melted. They were afraid because of the things they heard about the children of Israel. So they were already afraid. And, 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 and so when you are afraid before a battle, you are finished. Some people, even Julius Caesar, the way he conquered Gaul and many of those places, he was able to see, he was able to get to their minds. When you, are, you get to the people's minds, you cut off the supply. It's, it's over. So Satan is able to defeat people in the mind, defeat them concerning their healing, defeat them concerning their pro promotion, defeat them concerning their prosperity, defeat them concerning the hope that things will be well defeats them. So before they start the real battle, they are lost. They've lost already. The mind. We'll talk about that another time. The battlefield of the mind. What do you think? We are blessed. Amen. When we come to this part of the prayer, we must correct any judgmental or arrogant attitudes. One of the, the important sins to confess is also the sin of omission. We've talked about commission, omission. There are people who go to hell because a neighbor did not witness to them. You omitted, you did not do. Jesus said, God said, their blood will be required. Hey. I'm sure those who are in heaven now who did not do what uh, we, we all, we, it's only the Bible we are using, you, you and I, it's just the Bible we are using to know how it will be in heaven. But those who are in heaven now who are in out, uh, or, and those who are in outer darkness, those who have very little, they don't even have mansions, although I, I can't say that, I don't know, be unscriptural, but those who don't have the kind of mansions they are supposed to have, or those who, who don't have rewards, or those who are way back in heaven, those who have no rewards, no crowns, I'm sure they'll be surprised, any of them. Because many people, the marking scheme, 
is in the Bible. The Bible is the marking scheme. With, and the Bible tells us how God is going to reward us. And God says that certain people's blood will be required at our hands. Sometimes when I'm in a plane, I always say, God, please. I always say to myself, oh, I pray that God will not remind me. I used to say that. Now and I try to find ways. Remind me of what? To speak to the person by me. Because if it's a long journey and the person says, no, 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 I don't have time for this. No, the religion, no, no, no. It will be awkward throughout the journey. So I always say, God, I pray that God will not remind me. Because when it reminds me, it will haunt me. Not haunt me in a way, but it would be in my mind and I won't feel happy with myself after the flight. So sometimes I'll just strike a conversation asking how, how, how are things then we'll start to talk, oh, are you going home? Or is it, are you on your way home? Or are you on business or whatever? And then I'll try to bring church or God. I'll try to find a way to do it in the plane. Hallelujah. The sin of omission. There are people who will go to hell because a neighbor did not witness to them. There are friends who die and go to hell because we never told them about Christ. As we come before the throne, God sees all our mistakes. If we act as though we are perfect, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Spend time asking the Lord for mercy for your life. Many of us commit the sin of omission. So we need to ask God, God, forgive me. When you read, listen to Daniel and many of the people, God, forgive us. We must ask God to forgive us for not doing what we are supposed to do. Because so far as the name Christian is with you, or you identify yourself as a Christian, we are ambassadors for Christ. We have been given the ministry of reconciling the world to Christ. It doesn't matter whether you have a business. It doesn't matter whether you have a job. It doesn't matter whether you want money. It doesn't matter all that. When we die, all those will not matter. What matters is what we are supposed to do as Christians. What matters is if we are Christians, what we are supposed to do. First class beard and sergeant. He has taken the outreach to different levels. He was my uh, outreach partner when I was in Minneapolis, going to shelters, going to the streets two times a week, sometimes three times a week. Hallelujah. Now, when we used to go every week, or most of the time, unless I'm traveling somewhere, but when we used to go, we would see helplessness. So many people in helplessness. Now, one thing he does, apart from this, is that even when he's in the, he has tracts, even when he goes to the store, he, before he leaves the store, at least one person or two people. Sometimes you ask, what's your name? And the person will mention their name, and you try to link it to someone in the Bible, and then he takes off, and then leaves a card about Jesus. You and I, are, we must have a lifestyle of evangelism or outreach to people. It is a basic Christian thing, whilst others take it to the next level, like the Crusades and other things, but our outreach programs, we must do breakfast meetings, the churches. I remember Bishop Dag preached, came to have a camp and preached about evangelism. Everybody was hyped up. Hey, Christians, hyped up! Yes, we are going to go on evangelism every week. Then after the camp, they all the churches, first week they go, Every Saturday, they'll be going. Now, let's find out. Even before COVID, let's remove COVID. COVID was March of last year. Let's take March of 2020. Let's take it even 
October, November of 2019. Let's see whether the churches were going on outreach every week. Let's be people who, when we hear the word, we maintain what we are doing with the word. For me, it's, 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 it's an obligation. I, I, I don't feel good when I don't go on outreach. I, I feel like I've done some, there's something wrong. Like when you brush your teeth, if you don't brush your teeth and you go out, you just feel awkward. Really speaking, if I, when I don't go on outreach, it's been for a long time. When I don't go on outreach, it's, it's odd. It's a bit strange to me. It's like something is missing. At least once a week, something is missing. So the sin of omission. The next, just for time. Wow, wow, wow. I might have to just list a few of them. 1246. <clears throat> what do you think? Number six will be found in verse 13. And lead us not into temptation. This is a hot one. But uh, or as the spirit leads, but I don't think I'll be able to say too much about this, but this is very important. Lead us not into temptation. Now, this word temptation, many people feel it's only about sin or who has he slept with, she slept with, who has committed murder, uh, stealing. But lies are beauty, lies. People, people, people feel that lies are not important to, to, to fight against. Oh, people lie, pastors lie, church members lie, people lie at will. People lie. And they don't feel bad about it. Yes, I had to lie. People lie. I always try my best not to lie. I try my best not to lie. I try my best because lie, there's no need to lie. Rather avoid it. It's better to avoid answering it. God is not angry with you because you avoided answering it. But God is angry with you because you lied. And remember that anytime there are lies, Satan is a part of it because he's the father of lies. So anytime there are lies, then you brought Satan into that circle. If it's you and your wife or husband or you and your children or you and your friends, you've added Satan to the, the relationship because of lies. Hallelujah. So when we are talking about temptation, let's not just talk about, think about the, the so-called big ones because of God, you'll be surprised which ones are big, even though the so-called big ones are big enough to send to hell easily. But there are other ones which can take us to hell faster. Pride. That was the first thing in the universe. Pride. All liars, when you read Revelation, and all liars shall have their part. But when the Bible is talking about temptation, this word temptation is not only temptation to sin, but trials that you cannot overcome. Because the trial that you, uh, John, can overcome, Susan might not be able to overcome that. The trial that Susan can overcome, John might not be able to overcome that. Every person has their threshold. And it's different depending on the person. So when God allows a trial or a temptation, it is to prove us. When Satan tempts, it is to disqualify us. So this word temptation, other versions will say trials. This word temptation is the temptation that will cause you to stumble, which would include the temptation, but 
or rather this word trial is a difficulty or a trial or a something that will cause you to stumble, which would include a temptation. But it is not only a temptation, but it includes a difficulty that you cannot bear. The temptation that what Job went through, many Christians will just give up. And God doesn't want anyone to perish. But Romans chapter 8 from verse 31 says that nothing will separate us from the love of God. Tribulation is not supposed to. Famine is not supposed to. Nakedness is not supposed to. Loss of job is not supposed to. Loss of family, none of those is, are supposed to separate us from God's love. But we are more than conquerors. And it says, for we are killed all the day long. We are more than conquerors because we are being killed all the day long. We are, we are going through difficulties, but in spite of that, we know that God still loves us. So the trials and difficulties and temptations that Christians undergo or people undergo, are God wants us to pray against them, especially the ones that can cause us to stumble. Very important. So many Christians go through some of these things and they give up. Now we all know the verse which says, for there is no temptation that is not common to man, but God is faithful and will not give us any temptation that we are not able to overcome. But with every temptation will also give us a way of escape so that we will be able to bear it. So it means that when God is tempting John, he's going to make sure that John cannot, that, that, that John will be able to overcome that temptation. Number two, God would also give a way of escape. So it means that even if God did not give a way of escape, John should be able to overcome the temptation. But God is so faithful and so wonderful that he also adds the way of escape. So it means that if you and I are going through something, we can overcome it. Oh, it was too much. I was able to overcome it. You are, if there's a lie, you did it, not God. Because God cannot lie. Is there anything going on? Double click, there's something going on with the screen. Hallelujah. How many I get what I'm saying? So it's very important to understand that you see someone going through something. Now you ask yourself, why couldn't I go? I hope I don't have to go through that. Whatever you and I go through, we'll be able to overcome. Those who are matted. Look, during the time of Nero and, and, and many of uh, Caligulus and all these people, these Roman emperors, Marcus Aurelius, or the Colosseums, all those times of the Colosseum, you see Christians, they will ask Christians, Christian, look at your fellow Christian. Watch your fellow Christian. Then they will watch them thrown into the, 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 the Colosseum. And they would watch lions released. And the lions will eat them in front of them. They will be in a cage waiting. Renounce Christ. Renounce Christ now. And they see the lions eating, tearing their body and eating them. And you know how human beings are with babies. I have a baby. No, I see a baby being eaten. No, no. Many Christians, many, if not, no, many people will, will take the mark of their beast only because of babies. Because there'll be no health care. Anyway, that one will talk about that another time. So now I have my child. Renounce Christ. Renounce Christ. 
those people, they went with their children to be eating with the lions. And they should have, that's exactly what they should have done. Because a child, as soon as they die, they go to heaven. Why would I lose my soul so that, that I renounce Christ because of the child? What, what do you think? Many Christians, many people were like, oh, oh, I prefer to burn in hell once the child is in heaven. So what am I talking about? So many of them were eaten. In fact, this one, it looks like I have to just take a bit of your time. Many of them were eaten by lions. And then they'll ask, renounce Christ now. Renounce him now. Renounce him now. Many of them said, I'm not renouncing Christ. Jesus is my Lord. He's my Savior. And they went and they were eaten by lions with their children and their whole families. They had the strength to do that. It was below their, their threshold. It was not too high for them. But for many people, it might not work. So God will never give you that opportunity like those who are experiencing the, the tribulations in India, unless you can bear it. If you are being persecuted, let's assume you go to, no, not India, to, uh, is it where? China or some of those places. Let's assume you and I find ourselves in those places and we are given that option. It means we can bear it. By the grace of God, we will not have that. But if we have it, it means we can bear it. Anything that we are experiencing, we can bear it. Why do I say it? Because the Bible tells me so. It might not make sense to me, but the Bible tells me so. So that's good enough. What do you think? But for time's sake... It is very important. So that's why it's very important for us to pray against temptations in our lives. We may never know, but prayer strengthens us against temptation. Fasting without prayer is dieting. So when sometimes certain difficulties, we can fast about them, but don't starve, fast. Because Jesus said, watch and pray. He emphasized more on prayer than on fasting, even though fasting is important to remove certain things. But there are many people who fast, but don't pray, and they don't get results. There are many people who fast and pray, but don't get as much results because they have not done the things that fasting requires, which is helping the needy and, and all that stuff in Isaiah, which we've talked about before, amen. Let's continue. I'm rushing because we're finishing this and we'll go on to something else next week, God willing. And my time is up. Now, the next one is pray that God delivers you from evil. Matthew 6, 13. For, uh, uh, Matthew 6, uh, Matthew 6, 12 and 13. So pray. What do you think? Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. Sorry, I think I'm in the wrong place. Yeah, deliver us from evil. How many want God to deliver you from evil? Yes. Yeah. So we must cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. We must apply the blood of Jesus over our lives. We must pray, Lord, deliver me from evil. God, I pray for your hedge of protection and fire to be around me, around my family, around my loved ones, around my friends. 
I pray for your hedge of fire and protection to be around me. Pray, apply the blood of Jesus. Some say, yeah, whatever. Plead the blood, apply the blood. Just make sure the blood is applied on your doors, on your, in your house, on your house. Apply the blood, plead the blood. Some people love to plead the blood, apply whichever way. Just do it. Hallelujah. I apply the blood of Jesus. I apply, just apply it over your life. Just apply it. In, in Christ's name, we can apply it. We can plead it, whichever one. But I'm applying it because I have the authority to apply it. God has, Jesus has died and the blood has been shed. So I take the blood and apply it upon my life. Hallelujah. What do you think? Exodus chapter 12, verse 7 and 13. And they shall take up the blood and strike it on the two side, side posts and on the upper door post. And when I see, who glory, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood. Declare that your household is a no-fly zone for every witch, every wizard, every evil presence. Cancel every enchanter, spell, enchantment, spell, charm, lamentation that has been taken up against you. Declare that you will live and not die. Bind Satan and his agents. Have faith in God. Command, hallelujah, ask God to command angelic beings and forces of heaven to be on guard around you. God will keep you as you pray against evil in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another time we'll go more into the, the temptation and the deliver from evil. And then finally, 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 thank him and give him glory. So you start with thanking and praising him and worshiping him. You end with thanking and praising him. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So you end with a blessing, a worship, praise, glorifying God. Very, very important. For thine is the kingdom. For, for the kingdom is yours. The kingdoms have become the, the kingdoms of our Lord in Christ. When Christ has dominated everything and has put all enemies under his footstool, that day, all the kingdom will be handed over to God the Father, and he will be all in all. Hallelujah to Jesus. So for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory belongs to you. Power and might belongs to or be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. 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 Blessings and glory. Wisdom, thanksgiving, and honor, power, oh, and belong or be unto our God forever. Hallelujah to Jesus. Father God, we thank you and we bless you for the Lord's prayer, for your word. We worship you, we adore you, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Whilst we are watching, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not born again, but you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be born again. I want 
to be washed with the blood of Jesus Christ. I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord, be my master, be my owner, take control of my life. Because I know he has only good plans for me. He, he, he has a, 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 an expectation of hope. That what a verse. It's a good verse. Our, uh, uh, you, 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 you are encouraged that he has only plans of good and not of evil. He wants to bring you to an expected end, an, a, 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 an end of hope, of life, of blessing, of tranquility. You want him to come into your heart to be a blessing to you. You want him to give you life to the fullest. You want to repent of your sins. You want to turn away from sin. Then repeat after me. I want to give you time to think about it, but repeat after me if you want Jesus. If you don't want to waste your life, you don't want to waste your life, but you want to give your life to Jesus, then repeat after me. Heavenly Father, Father I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I believe that God raised him Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you for salvation for everyone who has said the, the sinner's prayer and has surrendered their lives to Jesus. Father God, we pray for strength. We pray that you would keep them, you would preserve them, and you would draw them nearer and nearer to thee. We pray against every enemy, everything that would hinder, hinder their walk with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all on social media. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' name. Shalom.